Armchair Directors, episode 34. Rich, today is a special episode. The specialist Why? of episodes ever. Why? Well, so our first special guest was a USA Today bestselling author, award-winning author, Kevin Tumlinson. Yeah. Yes. Our next special guest was also an international bestselling author, Andrew Clausen. And then our yes. third special guest was USA Today and award-winning international best-selling author, Ernest Dempsey. But our special guest today blows them all away. Oh. <laughs> I mean, we have the, the specialist of guests on today. We have your father. <laughs> He's very venerable, too. He is a venerable of venerables. He is also a Richard Padden, but everyone likes to call him Pado. He likes that. He likes it. He likes it, so we have, we have to do it because... Frankly, I'm a little terrified of him. So, <laughs> just saying. Why? Why are you terrified R of with this? Fear. Because he will tell me how it is, and I don't want him to do that. Oh, oh don't I have worry. feelings. When he, tell, when he tells you how it is, it's going to be in the gentlest, the sweetest way possible. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Bado, thank you for coming on and uh, hanging out with us, schmucks. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, man. Thanks. I've been Thank listening you. for quite some minutes, <laughs> and I'm fascinated to be here. Hours, days, days mm. worth? I don't know. Yeah, mm. yeah. I we were talking off air. It's you've you've heard probably like ninety percent of our episodes, but you've only heard one half of them. <laughs> you've heard you heard the your other half of anything like what I do here. Oh, heavens. oh, you're you're in for a long night or long oh, afternoon. It's going to be a treat. Hence booze. Booze. Yes, booze. Yeah, booze all the way around. Booze all the way around. So uh, today is actually, uh, this show is actually going to be uh, interesting because we uh, we were we were talking about getting you on just to talk about the shows because you, you sat down with us uh, just to kind of chit chat once. And we also wanted to make sure that this, uh, the, the way that we're doing audio for this show uh, would work. Usually, you know, Rich just has the headset on like I do and it's getting pumped in through there. Uh, but you know, he's got the speakers over there or through the computer speaker. And we were talking about doing blazing saddles and you were like, oh yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and I'm like, uh oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> so here we are talking oh. blazing saddles. Oh yes. It's, it's one of my favorites. Uh, yeah. Hang on, hang on. You didn't say, oh, you went, oh, someone else to fill in the blanks when I don't know what to say. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, yeah. Blazing saddles is, is a, is a truly, truly, truly. Fantastic movie for so many different reasons. I mean, just on pure comedy, it's fantastic. But when you really look at, and and we, I talked about this with people, and, and Rich has chimed in on this quite a few times, specifically during all the uh, COVID hysterics, and people were going nuts, and people were all online just bashing each other, and there, it was super hot online, and just a lot of angry people, a lot of angry folks. I said, what you need to do is shut up, watch Blazing Saddles, and giggle. Like exactly. you, that's what you need. You need that kind of comedy to just sit there and just let it out because it's like this movie, it, 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 there's, there is no innocent party in this movie. And that's, what's so great really in all of Mel, a lot of the Mel Brooks stuff, most of the Mel Brooks stuff, it, you know, it that's, he's an no equal opportunist. Yeah. He's an equal opportunist when it comes to comedy and, you know, especially when he can yes. really kind of poke the bear a little bit to get, to get a little extra laugh. So I am really happy uh, and, and really, it's going to be really fun to talk about this movie. Um, but, uh, Rich, as we start every show, instead of waiting, uh, 45 minutes to get into the opening, like we did on the last show, 
I'm positive this is probably going to be our most um, direct and streamlined and, show. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just, just yeah. because of our guest. Just because of our guest. Well, I am old and I had to have a bedtime. <laughs> he has a schedule to keep. So right. he's, got to, he's got to get to the 4.30 dinner. Yes. <laughs> the blue paint special. <laughs> the, 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 the early bird is uh, <laughs> rich. Uh, so um, movie yes. guy boys. Yeah. What was the voice I made you do in last time that was really embarrassing? Oh, you want because we did Mary Poppins. You want me to oh, do this really bad kind of uh, bad cockney accent? And, oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> Your dad's like, oh my god, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All you, right. You, trust me, it was a good thing you weren't here for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Right. He wasn't here for that. Whenever yeah. you're ready. <laughs> Thank you. In order to ruin a western town, a corrupt politician appoints a black sheriff who promptly becomes his most formidable adversary. I mean, when I talk about streamlined that's, that's, and straightforward. I'd watch that. Yeah, but that's, that's like, that's the serious version of the, that's like the serious version. That's like yeah. the equal version. Yeah, but I'll give it a pass because then you see directed and written by Mel Brooks and you're like, oh, <laughs> I can yes, see where yeah. this is going. So. Yes. Because we've had some of them, Pato, in the past where we've, when, when we've read that, and if if we had no idea what the movie was about, we would think it was like a like serious like drama movie or serious this serious that, and it's actually more of on the action comedy side. And because like in this case, that doesn't sound like a comedy. A comedy, so it's yeah, like, like a proper western. <laughs> yeah, it really does. It, it honestly does. So, and if the only other movie of Mel Brooks that you'd seen. The twelve chairs, then you wouldn't be expecting um, um, a sure. comedy of this level. True, yeah, because twelve chairs was more straightforward. Uh, that was yes. more just kind of just like a classic film. It wasn't as Brooksian as I guess we're used to seeing him, with a bit more situational humor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I'm usually a big fan of is the situational humor because uh, I mean specifically nowadays. I mean the last I don't know. 10, 15, 20 years, it's like actual comedy is like jokes is kind of dead. It's been dead, you know, and it's like so the situational comedy is what's still alive because you can't really kill that because you can't kill the situation. Right. So it's like, you know, that that's why the situational comedy is usually where I, I lean when I'm looking for comedies like the the action comedies that we like, like True Lies, for instance, is one of my favorites. And that movie isn't straight you know, isn't in your face funny, but the situations and the, uh, and the personalities in the situations make it hilarious. And the way they react to everything. Yeah. And the way they react to it. Yeah. And they play off each other. So, I mean, this movie is just completely the opposite. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) let's just, let's squeeze as many punches in as we can to every line. So, but, uh, yeah, uh, directed and written by the amazing Mel Brooks. I mean, uh, uh, I mean, when you really think about what he's done for, for film, uh, and, and what Richard done Pryor. With... Yeah. Yeah, he, you're right. He was yeah. co-writer of it. Yep, yep. Oh, yeah. There was, there was, there was uh, you know, a lot of people who were writing it. Yeah, there was five five of them, I think. At least there's five of them, I think, when you watch the movie. I think there's five writers. It's, uh, yeah, there's, there's um, five actual writers, and then you had the story as well. Yeah. So Andrew Bergman, he came up with the basic story, and then it was Brooks, Norman Steinberg, Andrew Bergman, Richard Pryor and Alan Ugger, who all did the actual screenplay. <laughs> Jeez. 
he just brought in all his guys. He brought in all his buddies. And, and mm. at the time, you know, especially Richard Pryor. I mean, geez, you want to talk about another legend. Um, but uh, a great cast as well. I mean, that, that's the one thing that we always, we really, really try to uh, um, focus on is is the casting and just how they play off each other. And Because, I mean, that makes everything. I mean, is the, the believability of the character and then the uh, performance from the character. So uh, uh, in this case, we have Cleavon Little as Bart uh, and, and Gene Wilder, Jim. I mean, uh, the two of them together is so good. It was such a great combination. Um, but, uh, and then... Uh, Rich, what did I talk to you about? About uh, uh, Harvey Lamar, Harvey Corman. What did I say? Okay, I said I, I wrote it down. I did. You did. Write it I down. think you sent it to me in Messenger. Yeah, I can find it. But keep going through the list. <laughs> okay. Uh, Slim Pickens as Taggart. Uh, of course, Madeline Kahn is Lily von Stoop. Uh, Mel Brooks is uh, Governor Lepidomane. Le, 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 I always Lepidomane. Lepidomane. <laughs> Burton Gil- Burton Gilman is Lyle. Alex Karras is Mongo. Uh, Mongo is great in this. And then you have all of the Johnsons. So you know, Olson Johnson, Reverend Johnson, Howard Johnson, Van Johnson, Gabby Johnson, Harriet Johnson, Sam Johnson. Such a great gag with all the names. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, what you said about Harvey Corman. You said that Harvey Corman looked like the perverted cousin of David Tomlinson. Mr. Banks. Right. Okay. <laughs> Because I could see them at like a family reunion and David Tomlinson is being like, you know, the straight, you know, just the, you know, the, the classic classy man. And then Harvey Corman's in back doing all these awful gags and these awful little jokes and, and just being just Hedley Lamar basically. And I'm just, I'm watching him going, those guys are like oddly familiar, like their, their look and everything. They were, they were like, cause we had just done Mary Poppins. He's a mustache brother. Yeah, yeah, it's that's all it is. I'm like, huh? Mm. Got a lot of David Tomlinson out of him, weirdly. But, Harvey uh, Corman's one of my absolute favorite comic performers. I really only know him from this. Really, you should yeah. look up some of the um, old Carol Burnett sketches that are on YouTube. Yep, with him and um, Tim Conway. Okay. Tim Conway is my other favorite. Yeah. The timing of Tim Conway was brilliant. He was um, in McCall's Navy, if you don't know who Tim yeah, Conway is. The, the, the series, not the movie with Tom Oh, Hyde. yeah. Yeah, that does make sense to me. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And no, I, I, I know the name. Yeah. From the, the Carol Burnett show. The, the sketches yeah. they did were fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's. Where do you want to start with this one? Because this movie is, it's so, it's so interesting as far as where to go. Like where to, where, to, I mean, just the beginning well, in general. I mean, we talked about it before when, when we, we did a little, we did a little homage to Mel Brooks when we did um, our uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights show. So, but at the same time, we were talking about the, the opening number to this. So the song at the beginning. Oh, the theme song. Yeah. The theme song. Uh, okay. Well, I saw this when it came to Australia. See, it was released early 74 in the US. Mm-hmm. It was released in April 74 in Australia. I was 17 years old, my penultimate year at high school. And sure. A group of us went and saw it because everybody was talking about one scene in that movie and we all wanted to see that one scene. 
and that was around the campfire. <laughs> oh yeah, the beans. Right. And the movie started, and we and this classic Western song, which is brilliant and sung yeah. by one of the best, Frankie uh, Lane. And we're looking at each other, going, "What have we gotten ourselves into?" Because we really thought we were in a straight western. Yeah. And then when it opens with the railroad and watching the workers, and we're going, "Oh, we'll give this another couple of minutes, and then we're out." <laughs> oh yeah, and then it, it gets and going then, real quick then, from there. And then yeah. it went straight to seventeen-year-olds' humour. Oh yeah, yeah. That's well, people got to remember. This is 1974. So when you're talking yeah. humor and you're talking, I'm still very, very, very impressed with what, because like later Mel Brooks, like 80s Mel Brooks, I could understand it, like what he could get away with. But early mm-hmm. 70s Mel Brooks, he hadn't really, I mean, he hadn't really established himself yet as like untouchable when it came to comedy like this. I mean, this was like, this was a hundred miles an hour from the get go. Like this was like, you know, it wasn't like after this or after like, I mean, throw out any movies you want until you get into like the early eighties. We'll call you know, once you get your, your, you know, space balls and you start getting into like that era, but man, like 1974 and this movie is as, as, um, uh, sharp as it is. (laughs) But see, he had final it. cut in his contract. Yeah. Final yeah. edit. He had that for even his earliest movies. He was able to get that. Yeah. So yeah, there, there's a great stories where you know, like people, like the executives watch the movie, and they'd say to him afterwards, "Look, you've got to cut this scene, this scene, this scene." And he'd say, "Sure, yeah. whatever you want me to cut, I'll cut." And right. he just ignored it because yeah. he had it was in the contract. <laughs> That's awesome. That was smart by him though, because this movie just would have been, it would have been a. Uh, low budget cheesy western i mean it wouldn't yeah. have been you know it wouldn't have been nearly as successful in the you know and and, and as legendary in just circles I and mean, especially mm. comedic circles yeah. yeah and it's like um you know just going back to the opening with the song it's like watching django unchained you sit down and it has that epic song yeah. and i remember seeing django at the at the movies and and watching it seeing okay if within the first five minutes after that song we're going to get you know, swing low, sweet chariot, and then camp town races. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> that was what no, but, I had in my head. Just, just but going off. First, you get I get a kick out of you. Yes. You get a Sinatra song, <laughs> and it's sung very like you know oh, like well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not sung in like I guess the era we'll call it. You know, it's sung in like the '60s and '70s. You know, it's and I'm like, good. wow, that's. <laughs> Um, and Cleavon Little, I wish, I wish Cleavon Little was in more, again, I don't know a lot of his stuff after or really before this, because it's like a lot of the casting that Mel does, it's a lot kind of like, I mean, regardless of your opinion on him, but it's kind of like what Adam Sandler did, right? Where he has all of his guys and his friends and his industry people that he reinvites back to other movies and kind of sets this like almost like this uh uh almost like this familial kind of feel within the movies because they're all friends the dom deluise types and you know the carrie always not carrie always types in that you know he's been in multiple movies but it's that style of actor i guess 
And it's just, you know, I, I just, I mean, I, I wish Kevon Little had done more because he was so good in this. But uh, he, he, he had died. He did quite a bit of stage work. Though. Yeah, he, yeah, was, he, he did a lot of stage work. Yeah, yeah I know he did. And he died young, correct? Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah he had died young. Um, cancer, you know. I think. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah cancer, yeah. Um, and then Gene Wilder was amazing. That's that's another holdover that or uh, actually he did this and then uh, Young Frankenstein and uh, <laughs> Frankenstein. <laughs> Classic. Well, actually, Wrong movie. Straight after this one, he did The Little Prince. True. And for him, uh, for Mel to get him for this character, the studio that had already um, employed um, Gene Wilder for The Little Prince agreed to put it, that production on hold while he did Blazing Saddles. Wow. Mm. Wow. Yeah. That's because, again, that's something that doesn't happen anymore. You know, they, oh, no. and, and, the actor doesn't yeah, have it, that kind of. Well, it's, not even, it's not even the, the actor. I mean, because, you know, the original choice to play Jim, he, um, oh, I can't remember the guy's name, but he showed up. They Cliff, were, Cliff Young? Yeah, it was Cliff Young. And they're doing the shooting that first thing for him. He was an alcoholic. So, you know, it's seen where Jim's hanging upside down. Mm -hmm. So they get him rigged up and this green stuff started pouring out of Cliff Young. And foaming at the mouth. Yep. And, you know, they get, they get him down like, what the hell? And he's... Mel thought this was really good acting. And, um, you know, Whoops. Cliff Young's agents, they say, oh, oh, no, no, no. No, he's, he's a recovering. He's recovering. And Mel said, yeah, no. Nah. Nah. So he calls up. Um, Gene says, "Look, can you fly out and do this?" And he was like, basically, three weeks in the shooting, and he was on the plane to go. And next day, he was there filming it. And he was and so good. He was which so good. was a benefit for the movie. Oh hell yeah! Oh absolutely. Uh, okay, you know, we we talk about it a lot when it comes to casting. Certain movies you can't imagine anyone Any else. Oh yeah, the Jim, the the Waco kid. I mean that that whole introduction of his character in the cell, and then. You know, it it'll time cut and then it'll come back and now Jim's out of the cell shaving and then they're just sitting there talking and they're becoming friends and being very friendly with one another. And then, of course, the classic chess scene, which is just, you know, movie gold now. I mean, that, that sets the standard when it comes to, you know, just everything and just comedy in general in so many oh, different ways. Hearing, hearing Jim's backstory as the Waco kid. Mm. Oh man, the little delivery. bastard shot me in the ass. Yes. <laughs> and that's the thing, you know, like Gene Wilder, one of the best comic actors. Like, okay, you look at him in this, then in um, the producers, yep. you know, having to keep up with Zero Mostel, mm. that's that's not easy. Then, as as you know, you're doing Young Frankenstein, you basically got to be the straight man to Marty Feldman and Cloris Leachman. Mm. Yeah, yeah, oh man, oh, that must have been hard. That must have been hard. Oh, I, I remember when we got got that movie on DVD. You know, we're watching it, and um, they had the you know the outtakes and the bloopers. Mm -hmm. And there's that classic scene where Madeline Kahn, who's playing um, Frankenstein's uh, fiance, Frankenstein, him too, shows up, yeah. and um, you know, he says to um, Igor, you know, take the bags, and he goes, "Certainly, you take the blonde, I'll take one of the toy men," and he goes full graduate marks. There's a constant bloopers of just Marty Feldman making everyone crack up, just with how he attacks the uh, the mink fur around. Wasn't it? I, wasn't it Igor? Yeah, <laughs> it was Igor. I love the names, Frankenstein, Igor. <laughs> Shouldn't that be but, Eagle? No, it's pronounced Igor. 
yeah. And then uh, yeah. um, I, I always forget his name uh, from Everyone Loves Raymond, who played Frankenstein's monster. Oh, uh, Peter Boyle. Yeah. Peter Boyle. Yeah. I saw that. See, I saw. I knew Peter Boyle from other stuff, and then I'm like, <laughs> Frankenstein's monster. It's Peter Boyle. That just I got a kick out of that. But um, um. Oh, yeah, so that... yeah. No, go ahead. Oh no, <laughs> I was just going to say that you know, like watching movies, you see um the shadow. I remember mm-hmm. as a kid watching the shadow, and he walks in one day and says, "That's the monster from Young Frankenstein." Yeah, and I'm there going, nah. and there were multiple times throughout you know childhood and growing up, where he'd walk, I'm watching something, he'd walk in and say, you know, that's this person from this movie, and I'm there going, no, that's nah. <laughs> not believing it at all. I know that was uh that was me when I first saw, um uh kelly's heroes and jeff morris is on screen i'm like that's bob from bob's country bunker <laughs> yes that's what i knew first was blues brothers and i was it was and i'm like and i heard the voice i heard cowboy's voice in in kelly's heroes and i'm like dude there's only one person on earth that sounds like that and it's him and i'm like oh my gosh he's so he's so much younger he was like 20 years younger and actually maybe even yeah about 20 years younger and i was just like wow I'm like, but the voice just hit me and I'm like, oh my God, that's him. But, um, so you also get a great performance out of this from, uh, a football player turned actor in Alex Karras. So with Mongo and the Mongo character in this was, it was actually a character I wish I would have saw more of because his performance in this was so funny. It was so good. And his, his believability in just that, you know, uh, we'll call it slow, basic mentality person. You mean like Forrest Gump? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just call it the Forrest Gump character. Forrest Gump guy. I might, I know what love is. So, so. Misunderstood character. He hasn't been allowed to reach his full potential. <laughs> smell, smell. Good Mongo. Good Mongo. So, but, uh, and that's that, his first movie, too. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. He had just, he had just recently retired, I think. Mm. Um, I remember because my dad, he, he played for the football team here in America that my, my family follows, the Detroit Lions. And I remember dad, dad would constantly tell me that that's, oh, yeah, he's, he used to play football for the Lions. I'm like, I know, I know. <laughs> that's, that's how he knows him. But, um, <clears throat> So Gene, so I just I want to go back to Gene Wilder's character, Jim. So I mean, his 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 believability is the character, but also the the shtick that he has with the drinking and with the bottle and the chug is <laughs> so funny. I don't was that was that a do you know if that's a Mel thing or is that something that Gene came up with the like just just that because, random picking it up and just just guzzling it every time he picks up a bottle. I mean, that kind of feels like something that maybe came out of. Just that kind of gag kind of it kind of feels like something that maybe it came out of uh, just kind of like improv or something. I don't know. Yeah, it probably it just, came through development of the character. I could see and that. It's, it, it's something, you know, it's very, it's one of those little touches that you, you're pretty much sure it would have been Gene Wilder. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, and the way that pretty, he, yeah, it just, the way he does it so effortlessly and like, yeah, it, it doesn't no look. Effect. No. He's drinking, you know, Strong spirits and Western spirits. Yeah. 
of that era, you know, which would have you know taken the uh, the, the polish off your boots. Oh, it, easily. Um, it uh, there's it, absolutely no effect on him. Yeah, yeah. No, it was uh, it was, and like he's just uh, and then the classic scene with him uh, when uh, Taggart's men and him confront uh, Bart and the crew with the uh, railroad um, workers, and uh, Jim's up on the horse. Oh, and yeah. they're and they're gonna kill Bart and and Jim is just like I wouldn't do that and he starts blowing on his fingers and the way that they chop edit that is so good it's so it's, good it's like a parody of the um, um, character from Cat Baloo oh Kid Shaleen Kid Shaleen by, uh, yeah played by Lee Marvin Lee Marvin's oh, uh, Lee the Marvin. alcoholic gunslinger yeah yes yeah. very much a parody of that I think it's just it's also you know think about um. Rio Bravo and Rio Grande with uh, Dean Martin. Yep. You know, like Dean Martin. Um, oh, just more. Dean Martin and Robert Mitchell. Oh, Dean Martin's character. Yeah. And they played the drunk who yeah. was a crack shot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Doc, Doc cool? Holliday. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing. The, 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 the gym character, it is very much just that. Um, it's an homage. On the, yeah. On trope. yeah. 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 It's the drunk that's might have tuberculosis. We're not sure. But. Uh, Doc Holiday reference, anyways, but uh, you don't need to explain it. <laughs> so uh, interesting that Mel Brooks said that um, "I'm So Tired" is the filthiest song he's ever written. Yes, I think it's more just. See, I don't think it's the filthiest. It's the innuendo of the song, I guess. It's not the actual yeah, it's song. More, it's more the, the innuendo because I mean, you listen to from the producers. Along came Bialy, which is all about Max Bialystok stooping all these little old ladies to get cash to put on time for hitler that's a dirty that's far dirtier same as yeah. when you got haunted <laughs> but it's yeah i mean and, and look at the, the spanish inquisition song from history of the world yeah that's not dirty that's just that's just that's just wrong <laughs> it's wrong yeah it's just wrong but no as far as like innuendo and everything and like yeah. there's that line where she sings you know that's an italian suppository <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, that line in I'm So Tired where she says, you know, all these men that are coming and going and coming and going and always too soon. Mm. Yeah. You know, as a kid watching that, I hated that scene. As a kid, I never liked it. I never I liked that. I love the backup and... dancers. The backup dancers oh, sell it oh, for yeah, me. Yeah, the backup They're dancers... so over the top. It's great. And the as one guy, kid. she's so tired. <laughs> it's just like the leader of the four Which of is them. Mel Brooks doing the voice. Oh, it was a voiceover from Mel. I didn't yes. know that. He does the voice oh. of all that bit. Same thing in um, springtime for uh, in, in the producers when they get to the springtime for Hitler number. Yeah. There is a line, and it's always and it's Mel Brooks doing the voice. Mm. Even when they did the Broadway version, he recorded it to be for the Broadway version in Young Frankenstein. He's not in it, but he makes the sound of a cat getting hit by a dart. Mm. <laughs> when they're playing darts with the yeah. uh, inspector. Yeah. So even if Mel Brooks is not physically in a movie, he usually has a voice cameo. <laughs> That's why I wonder if then he, he, he pays himself as an actor. So, mm, probably, <laughs> probably. Um, but yeah, as a kid, I hated that whole everything with Lily von Stuck. I hated it. And then getting older, it's like okay. And then you know, now I'm over a certain age. I'm watching it, going, oh, oh. Penny drops. I understand what she's singing about. And that moment was last night when we watched it. <laughs> yeah, took him all this time. How old he, I'm old enough. <laughs> that entire back and forth with her and Bart was was just timing as it, as good as it gets with comedy. 
It was amazing. It was such a good okay, scene. Okay, so wait, wait. Is that as good as it gets with comedy, or is the chess game between... They're both. Uh, I mean, this entire movie is just... As good as for comedy. <laughs> there's a lot of as good as it gets for comedies in this movie. They're all okay. on equal footing. Okay, so it's the whole movie. The whole movie, the whole movie is. is. Yeah, the whole movie right. is. <laughs> just wanted to make sure. Just yeah, wanted but, to make sure. Yeah, but the, but the back and forth with them was, was, was really, really funny, especially... Cleavon Little playing it so suave at the end and so cool at the end. Alvita oh, yeah. Zen, baby. <laughs> it's just like, it just turns her to the giant. <laughs> when we were watching it the other day, uh, the other day, man, I, we get to that scene and Matt had this whole thesis on how suave he is. And then, you know, he's, he's, he's being suave to cover it up how mm. dead he is from the 15 Schnitz and Grubers. And then yes. by the time he gets back, you know, it was like a 10 minute thesis you had on it. <laughs> Well, no, because like, so he's, he's all like, he's all obviously like, she's begging for more, begging for more. I'm not from Havana, <laughs> like all the lines that he gives her and I'm late for work, that type of stuff. And then as soon as he closes the door at the, at the police station, he like nearly collapses in on himself. He's like, oh, <laughs> and all you can hear is Gene. You can hear Jim on the uh, snickering off camera. Like, you know, Gene is actually laughing at all of this. Like it's so, and then my I, my hypothesis was that the the reason he was like that is because he was covering up how tired he was so he could stay macho and stay, you know, as smooth as he was. And then when he was in private, he just collapsed in on himself. And Rich, okay, you're talking about the character, the character, the character doing that. Okay, okay, yeah, the character doing that. But uh, you said it was you thought it was something different, right? Oh, I just thought that for me, I always read it as being, you know, when he's with Lily, everything's funny. He's had the 15. And then over the course of his trip from the theater back to the, um, the, 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 uh, yeah, the, the, the jail and the sheriff's office, the 15 schnitzel groups have caught up with him. It's like when you drink, you drink a lot and you're fine. And then one thing happens and it hits you. See, I take it as it's not all the uh, sausages that he's eaten. It's that. She's been a very demanding lady in bed, and he is drained and absolutely exhausted. Okay, I actually never kind of thought that. <laughs> Shows well, I mean, when she whispers been. in his ear, and that's when he says, yeah, I'm, not, he is, oh, I'm, not, I'm not from her van. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. No, actually, that makes sense. And see, the it thing does. about, I oh, know, 15 Schnitzen Rubers is my limit. That is. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's uh, it's kind of innuendo, I guess, right? Yeah, it's not no, not innuendo. It's um, oh, I've gone blank. Never mind. Anyway. You've had you've had fifteen schnitzel groups. I, I wish. <laughs> um, a euphemism. Ah, it's a euphemism. Oh, gotcha. oh, we don't do those on this show. Oh. <laughs> that's a big word do, for this you show. Can clean it up. That's a that's a big word for this show. We're, it is. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're 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 authors. It's something for the listener to look up. <laughs> oh, yeah, Matt's, oh, look, now, Matt's looking it up right now. now. That's my question: Is it the same listener every week, or is it a different one? So, Pato, I know, right? Yes. So, Pato, um, after seeing this movie in theaters as a seventeen-year-old, what was what was your reaction walking out of the theater? We were just peeing ourselves and. Yeah. Saying all the lines again. In fact, yeah. we probably went uh, following the week, saw it again. What was yeah. um back back when movies cost two bits? 
<laughs> no, I, I, yeah, right. Two bits. <laughs> Polish my shoes for two bits. No, but uh, you had to wear an on onion on your belt because it was the style of the, the time. time. Yes, you couldn't wear white after Labor Day. <laughs> Sorry. Anyways, not after fifteen snitching groups. No, no, that'll that'll show off the no. The, it was, the, it was the belly. talk of school for uh, quite some weeks afterwards. Um, and it was great because you could make fun of anyone who hadn't seen it. Oh yeah, yeah, it but the bra. It was, yeah, it was the big movie at that time. Because sure. it was so different, it it poked fun at everything. See, and we that just was, couldn't believe. Yeah, that's my next on the screen. Yeah, that's my next question for you too. Is now, I mean, it's it's different, I guess, as far as public perception, just because of you know um, regions. But what what was public perception of this movie when it came out? Do you remember? Like, what was how was it re like the reception of it for like the average person, not for the average person? I think it went down fairly well. From my memory, I like the fact that you're not referring to him as being an average person. No, no, <laughs> no. But he obviously liked the movie and he was reciting it, so he was a fan of everything. But people no, that like just—I'm 66 now, and it's still in my, yeah. my favor. No, but I know like a lot of people that see this more as like a raunchy comedy, and it's stupid, and it's dumb, and it's like this and whatever. They they wouldn't give it the time of day, especially nowadays. But like back, you know, even back then, back in the 70s, you still had a lot of, you know, straight shooters that this would be like appalling. You know this this type of language and this type of humor and but as far I, I think as... the outcry and the media um, um, picked on the farting more than the racial slur, which I mean, seventies I guess I could see that because that was well, coming out of a really my, tough time in handed, history. My mum just handed us a note saying, uh -oh. "No, no, don't read that one." <laughs> <laughs> read this one sorry sorry not that yes. right so can you formally says, divorce a son from the relationship she'll just smother him in his sweat if she, if she didn't want to, if she wanted to do that what kind of pillows him. what kind of pillows would she does she prefer in a smothering uh the plastic lined ones <laughs> oh there we go they're not very porous <laughs> no. <laughs> not a lot of oxygen can pass through those right Correct. Anyway, yeah. we have a note. <laughs> yeah, it's the go and <laughs> we have an important message here. Um, yes, it's so according to my mum, many church groups banned it. They did, yes. Yep. And this gets even better. It. She actually had to lie to her mother to go see it. <laughs> I mean probably I'm in... laughing, but I completely understand. I get I yeah, yeah yes, I could see yeah, that. I remember the church groups um, um up in arms but it was more, I think, because of the um uh, rudeness and the sexual innuendo and yeah. the famous campfire scene. Yeah. Which, like I, as a kid, that was always my favorite scene as course, a kid. Of course. <laughs> oh, yeah, the farts. I mean, come on. I mean. But as, as I got older and the more times I've watched it, and even last night, I enjoy watching the timing, um, the uh, comedic um, expertise of some of those professionals. Oh, yeah. Harvey Corman, but when he breaks the fourth wall and he's talking to us, yep, it's his, his ability just to do it the perfect way. Yeah, I'm always in awe of it. Yeah, and it is definitely that sort of thing where you compare it to most comedies nowadays, or even the last say ten years or so, they don't hold a candle to no. that because you can tell it's all put together in the edit. It's all put together in post production. Whereas yeah. with Blazing Saddles, 
you can tell they practiced to get the timing right. And these guys, because you know, coming from live TV, yes, like Harvey Corman was, he or he had his timing for everything down perfectly. Mm. Oh yeah, I mean, but that's really Brooks in general, isn't it? I mean, that's kind of like the the like the era of Brooks, like the twenty years, you know, going into like the early nineties. He that's what his movies were built on was the dialogue and the timing of everything, because, you know, yeah. he didn't have the biggest budget on his movie. So it wasn't like you were building your 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 movie on set pieces and special effects. You were building it on actors, you know, actors and writing, you know, and I mean, this movie, this movie really does show that off, like you're saying. And 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 uh, Harvey Corman and Slim Pickens together, when you see them a couple of times in the office together, uh, back and forth when they cut is like you know he comes with the bandage and what is it the 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 spiel or the just the uh, where corman goes off about all the people he wants and he tells taggart to write it down oh he's trying to find the pen you know, he's right trying to down. find a pen yeah. and he goes could you say that again <laughs> <laughs> muscles restless muscles <laughs> he goes uh, my, my favorite scene between the two of them is when they're at the campsite mugs and pugs Corman's having having the bath and oh yeah yeah, you know, he loses. He wants. He wants his uh, little squeaky frog. Yes. Yeah, frog. <laughs> froggy, froggy, and and Did froggy miss daddy. And and, and he, I love it when um Slim Pickens he reaches into the bar yeah. and Corman just flinches. He goes, Taggart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a it's a very different movie for uh, Slim Pickens because uh, he he was yeah. your typical personified Western cowboy. Cowboy, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And of course we've all got the image of him writing the bomb down in Doctor Strange Girl. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, and... Yeah. Yeah, I mean yeah. and then Corman at the end, well Rich and I were dying laughing at the end where he's in the commissary and he comes out of the bathroom and a and a, <laughs> and, a and a pie hits the wall and he's like hmm. and he slides back in. What the <laughs> Get me off this picture. That. <laughs> jumps into the cab. Oh, I like mean, that's a whole that's a whole conversation that we should just get into now. Is literally Rich's favorite part of the entire movie, the French mistake. The French mistake with Dom DeLuise. And, I, and I, I love this. I love this. The original choice for the director apparently was Peter Sellers, not Dom mm. De, DeLuise. Oh God, the Pink Panther, really? Yeah. And 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 what happened was apparently Mel Brooks met with Peter Sellers, and Peter Sellers did a four hour audition, and by the <sighs> end of it, Mel Brooks is like. Yeah, thank you very much for your time. And he was he, exhausted. And then he calls up Dom DeLuise. <laughs> there's nothing to there's nothing to do. It's it, it, it's it's yeah, but it's, Pe it's two Peter minutes. Sellers, of, right? It's Peter Sellers. But that's the thing, Dom DeLuise. You know, he would have come on. He would have known what Mill wanted. He would yep. have done it, and then given his little interpretation, and yeah. I'd have been yeah. And and even as a kid, once that great bit of old. Bubsy Berkeley, 1930s, 1940s music starts playing. I grin. I yeah. I grin so much. And then they cut inside. You see all the dances and everything. And then when Dom DeLuise comes up and he's yelling at them. Stick out your push. That's one push. This is the French. Yeah, all that. Yeah. The part where you know, he, he, he says, all right. Playback. You, know, you, you, you get this? And they all go, yes. And this sounds like escaping steam <laughs> yeah see that's a typical that's mel brooks re reusing one of his games oh, yeah. from the producers <laughs> and even the little things like action oh wait let me get off the set wait wait <laughs> just that little thing that little freak out he has 
But Alfred. and I'm pretty sure Rich's favorite part from Robin Hood Men in Tights was the conversation with Dom DeLuise as Don Giovanni. Oh, when, he's, when he's doing when he's doing yeah. his Marlon Brando, yeah. yes, the, when he's doing the Marlon Brando. I have to admit there there's something about Dom DeLuise. I Dom DeLuise is great. Like, um, he's so natural. Yeah, and you remember that, that you remember the show Stargate SG yeah. One. Uh, oh okay. yeah. There's, yeah. A, there's an episode where Dom DeLuise plays. That's with MacGyver, this, right? With Richard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, Richard Dean Anderson. Yep. And mm-hmm. there's an episode with Dom DeLuise, and he plays this weird little kind of impish character who who just latches on to SG One. And I remember every time, you know, my sister liked uh, likes that show. So whenever ever that episode came on, I'd sit down and watch it just because of Dom DeLuise. He 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 plays this little impish character so well, and he's so childish and lovable. It's fantastic. One of his sons was uh, uh, one of the main directors of many yeah. episodes of SG. Oh yeah. Um. But yeah, as as Don Don Giovanni in Men and Tides, and then as as the film director. But you know, then when everyone comes, you know, the the fight, the big brawl in Rock uh, Rock Ridge spills into that set. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And well, that, know, that was that. Gonna... Yeah, that pan out, right? That pan out, and you're like, where are yes. they going with this? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, on the Warner Brothers back lot, and you're like, what? Yes. <laughs> Uh, he broke the fourth, fifth, and sixth wall. Well, that's it. When we were talking about it, like movies like Deadpool, like the whole idea of breaking the fourth wall, the whole meta stuff. Mm. Without this one movie, mm. you wouldn't be getting it. Mm. Oh, because think about it. 1974. When would that have ever happened before this? Yeah. Breaking the fourth wall. I mean, you're like, <laughs> that was a stage thing, right? I mean, that's the only time that was the actor that would talk to the audience occasionally just as part of the comedy of the show or something, but I mean, yeah. on a movie set, that was unheard of. It was unheard of, you know, yeah. and then that's also a Brooks thing to do too. He, he likes to do a lot of that. So, I mean, he really does pull in a lot of theater uh, into his movies when it comes to like the styles. Well, yeah, but also it does still come from the that live, um, yeah. the live TV yeah. where, you know, working on the Sid Caesar show. It was basically mm-hmm. theater that was being televised. Sure. They had yeah. a live audience. So, you know, you, and it, you know, I love it. Um, you know, this is now going back further, but the Marx Brothers, when they were working on um, Duck Soup, they actually would take, you know, they had the movie scripts, they'd take it on the road and do it as a play to figure out when to leave pauses to give the audience enough time to laugh before they would say the next line. Oh, yeah. Okay, and that's the Marx Brothers doing it. So for Mel Brooks, if he, you know, you do live TV, you can learn a rhythm from how sure. an audience reacts to a series of jokes. Yeah. Naturally, he would carry it over into his movies. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, he would. I mean, I suppose I could be wrong, <laughs> but it's also his. Oh, his it's God. also his actor choices too. His actor choices are TV and, and theater a lot. So yeah, um, they were. So they're used to timing. Yes, yeah. He valued it. I mean, obviously. I mean, he obviously valued. Well, yeah, in it, comedy, so. you have to value it because if you don't, you get well. What Adam Sandler does. Hey, well, <laughs> sorry, what he sorry, does, sorry. What he's done recently. What he's done. Yes. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I, I was wrong. Sorry, Chris Farley. Um. Hey. Oh. <laughs> he, he died at the peak of his career. Right right break. <laughs> I don't know an Australian yeah, comedic actor to put this guy. If you could see Matt's face now, he is crestful. He looks like he's going to go and cry on his oversized pillow. Yes. Heed. <laughs> Give me my punts. <laughs> okay, why do you. Your Scottish sounds more like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, I am the governor. 
Okay, now you go. Now you've gone Russian. Yes. Okay, <laughs> Every accent I do is a different one <laughs> as I try to recreate. No, we're going to test. We're going to do a test. Uh oh. In your best Scottish accent, I want you to say, "Get to the chopper." Well, when I when I hear Scottish, when I hear Scottish, I feel like everything they say has a question mark at the end. So I say, "Get to the chopper." Okay, that sounded Irish. That's Irish. <laughs> yeah, so maybe it's Irish that I I hear in my head instead of Scottish. I can't roll. I don't have. I can't roll. <laughs> and then it okay, turns into Russian again. German. Uh, German. German Russian. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then my Spanish sounds Italian. Like I'm not good with accents. What can I do? What can I say? Scottish always sounds like they're having an argument with you. Yep. <laughs> yeah. See, okay, just then when you said that you're 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 not good with accents, you dig Van Dyke. Oh blimey. <laughs> just go really all the time. Yeah. Just oh that's like really and get... bad Ringo Star impression. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you're right, that's a pretty good Dick Van Dyke <laughs> doing um Bert. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I can't do it. I can't do it. I pretend. What can I do? So, um, so you were actually saying, um, you know, Slim Pickens being a proper Western actor, which is obviously true. But uh, for the desert shoots, I remember reading that um, he would actually, uh, he actually kept his RV on set, yes, and would sit outside with a campfire and his Winchester rifle, shotgun, yeah, yeah, and his, yeah, and his gun. And I'm like, he was Western through yeah. and through. It's one of those yeah. things where for me. Like, really I mean, went by Slim Pickens. I mean, come on. Well, yeah, the name, everything, but just reading that sort of story, I sit there and go, man, you don't get characters like that anymore in Hollywood. Like, you don't no, get proper no. character actors anymore. You're either an action star, you're either a pretty boy with no yeah. talent, or you're a pretty boy with some talent, yeah. or you think you're funny, or, you know, there's just no no one doing those interesting roles anymore. Well, the, the classic one, the classic one is the 80s villain. Mm-hmm. You know, the Karate Kid 80s villain who, you know, his name escapes me, the actor. But he played that. That was his thing when he was acting in the 80s. You know, he was, uh, what was it? It was uh, Back to School. He played the same exact character, you know, uh, Karate Kid. That was his thing. That was his, uh, or like the lovable fact. Like, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Jonah Hill used to be that character, right? Jonah Hill used to be like the fat sidekick character. And then he lost all the weight. He didn't, you know. You're looking at me blankly, Rich. He stopped being funny. <laughs> Honestly, did. I've did. Met, the only thing I've ever liked Jonah Hill in was The Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, yeah. Where he's playing the fat sidekick. <laughs> yeah, like in well, like super bad. Like he used to do like yeah, uh, see, accepted. Accepted was funny with him. That's the thing. You're, you're, you're going to talk about all these yeah. American kind of comedies where he's yeah. not seen them. I might have seen a bit of it and didn't yeah. like it. Yeah. No, but I'm saying and it was I a character a actor where that's what you know them as, as far as that character. Well, not even and that's that, what but he, just, you know, that's what he did that, for like the, for some teen year, you know, however many years. But not even just like being, you know, pigeonholed into one role. I'm talking about people, even people like okay, Dom DeLuise, or even Madeline Kahn, or even um, Harvey Corman. You know, you don't mm-hmm. get those sort of actors anymore. Oh no, no, you, you don't. Know, get it's the like true even actors even anymore. the bit parts in movies nowadays have to be either be played by a good looking man or a good looking woman. Mm-hmm. You never get interesting mm-hmm. faces. Now yeah. homogenized. Yeah, you know, look at Zero Mistel of his time. There you go. Yeah. And the closest to that we have today is uh, Nathan Lane. Yeah, so, and he doesn't do many movies. No, he's a, no, he's, he's a stage guy. Yeah. 
you know, not anymore. Oh, yeah, you're the, right. the, the yeah, I'm trying to think of, of anybody that's like there isn't. Uh, I guess one of the last ones would have been like a guy like Eugene Levy. Um, yeah, but I mean, he got he he, he you know he yeah. just plays birds. Yeah, yeah. Whereas someone like, mm. for example, Zero Mostel, okay, he could be sleazy. He mm-hmm. could also be funny and charming. I mean, mm. he was the original Topol from not Topol, the original Tebe on for Fiddler on the Roof on stage. Yeah. So you know, it's it's just. Yeah. The current, that's the thing the current state of hollywood and movies it is quite homogenized and it sucks but yeah i i don't i really yeah i can't really think of anybody either that that's like that in in today's hollywood everybody is kind of like you know that a-list action hero star and that's all they do yeah the and, only person i i kind of always thought of was paul giamatti he's yeah he's a bit yeah. of a chameleon yeah yeah, that's the thing. Like, I I remember one of the earliest things I saw him in was um, the Negotiator with Samuel Jackson and Kevin Spacey, and he plays this little slimy character, and then he's in Truman Show. That was another early role. Early role, yeah. yes. And then all of a sudden, you know, the Illusions with Edward Norton. Oh, it's a great character. Love him. You know, and he just started doing these roles. You're like, oh, he's doing all this other stuff, and he's very good. Like, um, shoot him up. He's great as the villain in Shoot Him Up. Yes. <laughs> yep. He yep. plays a slightly different character in what's that weird little science fiction one? Um, John dies at the end. Mm-hmm. Thank you, dear. A, a voice from above. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're getting you're getting flipped off, Matt. <laughs> probably, probably. Yes, no, yeah. definitely. Mm. So that's the. <laughs> third person from australia that has flipped me off tonight so. <laughs> trust me if we get the whole country to do it <laughs> that's true it's like 14 people so we're almost at we're, we're almost at enough schnitz and grubins so <laughs> no I'm kidding but yeah yeah it's, it is one of those things like that's the, yeah. that's the one problem with watching these classic older movies you yeah. sit there and go man there's no one who could fill these sort of roles nowadays mm. yeah it's it's impressive but then it's also a little depressing at the same time yes. because you're like, that's true. They don't make them like they used to in so many different ways, but it's also just the generation of actors isn't what it used to be. So yeah, I thought being the old devil, I was supposed to say that. Off you go. Yeah. They don't make it like they used to anymore. You feel better now? Yes, I do. Oh, Thank you. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Bless you. <laughs> this is oh. <laughs> This is the roughest show I've ever. <laughs> oh, Wait, yeah, somebody we've... sneezed. I had to say something. Come on. No, this has been the roughest show we've recorded, and last week's was pretty shoddy with all the technical issues you were having. I've been yeah, out of been <laughs> Throw them overboard. Walk the plank. Oh, we're not doing the pirate movies anymore. No, no, no. No, no, no we're not. We're not. So what was, uh, Pato, what was your, I mean... Is your favorite scene still the farting, or do you have something else that you you lean towards more? I I do like it, but it's probably not my favorite. Okay. I do like the chess scene. Sure. Um, coming from an old magician background, um, I do like the fact that, I, as far as I can understand or have read, they don't use any special effects or anything like that to make the um, chess piece disappear from um, the sheriff's hands. It's it's an old technique. Okay, I wasn't sure if it was a 
Yeah, I wasn't sure if Rich knew if it was like an edit because of how. No, fast I don't it think was. it is. No, it's no. actually it, it, it's it's it's, it's part they, doing it. Yeah, they did film it in like the way they filmed it. It isn't like you film part, then you film another part and film. Yeah, they film that whole side of the shot, that whole side of the scene first. So sure. it's all done once, and then they're able then to do the editing and um, to drop in the shots of um, Jim. And yeah, it actually is Cleavon Little. He's grabbing that piece and dumping it. Gotcha. He's doing it, so, and he's doing it so fast because I remember as a kid, at a certain age, you and I going through frame frame by frame mm. on the um, old VHS, trying to see sure. what happened to it because mm. <laughs> it is so clean. A moment, oh, it's very clean. Yeah, yeah. So it's an old yeah. technique, um, and it just makes it look perfect. No, it does. It does. It does. So that's possibly one of my favourites. Um, I I love the townsfolk. There are so many character performers oh, I, in amongst those townsfolk. Yeah. Just the voices, Gabby. Mm-hmm. Um, the the, pro- the uh, proper frontier gibberish. gibberish. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Gabby. <laughs> 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 yeah. uh, um, um, you know, um, uh, so the townsfolk scenes, they're another favourite. Uh, Harvey Corman, any of the scenes with Harvey, particularly yeah. where he's got the line-up of all the applicants <laughs> for the... Uh, for the uh, attacking the town and um, and chewing gum. Oh yeah, uh, man, that's great. Things. I hope you brought enough for everyone. Mm. I didn't know there'd be so many. <laughs> and he was now, a, he was a good actor too. The guy that he shot, he played. He was yeah. in a bunch of different movies back in back in that time. And the they actually miscredit the gum chewer in the credits. The fellow who gets up on stage and. Oh, Miss Lily, which mm-hmm. he knees in the groin, yeah, throws him off the stage. He's listed as the gum chewer, and then later on down, you've got the actual actor as the gum chewer. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Yeah, hmm. see, whenever we get to the credits, because the credits go so fast, which I love. I love the fact that the credits are so <laughs> fast. But that was that era. Yeah, and I, wish, and I can't wish they would do that again nowadays. Instead of, you know, you get this... You know, because of all the v- all the special effects, you got like a ten minute credit sequence. If it, if they just sped it up a little bit, it could be five minutes, and that'd be better. Some of the movies yeah. I used to watch as a kid weren't as long as today's credits. <laughs> well, they also, I mean, we we've talked about this. I've you know watching some of the older movies where they have the credits at the beginning, or at least the major credits oh, yeah. at the beginning. And, but that's 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 more just the big players and the yeah. director and that. Yeah. Where you know, which that that is a lost art to do. You don't get that anymore nowadays. Yeah, like you watch the um, Robin Hood animated movie and you get the great credits, but the actual credits themselves have all the animals and stuff in them. And then you yeah. get the <laughs> credits at the end that also have them. It's like it's actually like you'll sit and watch that, you know, so that was a that was a cool way of doing it to where it's not as, you know, because sometimes you're like we were talking Mary Poppins, the opening credits to Mary Poppins. I'll usually fast forward until I see Mary sitting up in the clouds and then I'll pause it. And then that's when it drops down and you have Bert doing the one man band. So it's like, uh, but yeah, um, man, uh, my favorite part in this movie. I love dirt. So it's a, it's a bit part and I always laugh during it. And I don't know why is the brawl when they're, when they're still in fake Rockridge, and everybody's fighting each other except Lily Von Stupp as the Nazis and she's singing yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, how did so she's like zone them in to just sitting around and 
Yeah, getting yeah, yeah. and drinking. And a lot of because that's you know, Mel Brooks does you know, as Dad already said, you know, reusing yeah. gags. That's from the producers. After yeah. they get Frank Liebkin to sign the contract, mm-hmm. they do a they do like a time cut, and there's you know, um, the and Bloom staying other side of him. They're swaying. They've had a couple of drinks, and and he's singing that Yar song, and the two of them are trying to follow along with the words. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, I love the Hangman, Boris. So, <laughs> yes, who gets reused? Who gets reused in Robin Hood Men in Tights? Yes, that was straight out of left field for that. When he opens the side door, he opens that little window, sticks his head out. Oh, Boris! <laughs> and every time the running gag hits his head as he goes back in. Yeah, I love the fact that we go from you know the first time you see Boris, it's a, a man in a wheelchair, and the yeah. next time it's a man and a horse, horse. and both are getting hung. <laughs> That too. Who's the author here? <laughs> ah! You are well hung. I was just about to say hanged. that. <laughs> Apparently, your dad's a fiction <laughs> author too now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Oh. Had to. Okay, so Kitty's got claws today. <laughs> Kitty's tired, uh, it's, so Kitty's it's, a little loopy. Rare. So. <laughs> This is because I made. Is, is that because I insulted your precious Adam Sandler and your precious Chris Farley? Adam Sandler, I'm okay with. Chris Farley, there's a special place in my heart because I remember. I remember when I saw the news write up when he died, and that 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 one hurt. Uh, that one hurt because uh, that was. Uh, I was in, yeah. I was I was in. I was like 14 or 15 when he died, and uh, that one sucked because he was. That was like the peak of his career. And it was like, what? We really didn't get a lot of movies because uh, he did Saturday Night Live for a while before that. And then he started making his movies um, right then. And then he OD'd. So kind of went the went the way of John Belushi. And, you know, it was just sad. Uh, but yeah, no, Adam Sandler, you can bash because he hasn't really done much that's been good in quite a long time. So, but uh, okay, we got permission. Excellent. I yeah. prefer, see, um, I like... Adam Sandler when he's not trying to be funny. Okay. <laughs> and the one movie uh, that I've watched where I haven't minded him is Fifty First Dates. Fifty First Dates is very plays, good. It plays a good character. He's a nice guy. You've got the walrus. Everybody loves a funny walrus. I, I haven't seen it. Ah, um, and well, her um, dad, Drew Barrymore's dad, hilarious, uh, Blake Clark. Yes, he's, he's a great yeah. act. He's a funny guy. He was from uh, I don't know if you guys watch Home Improvement. Tim Allen, yeah. yeah. So Harry from Harry's Hardware. That's Blake Clark. Ah, that's who it is. Yes, he's yes. also Slinky Dog. Since when Jim Vernon died, he took over as yes. Slinky Dog. Oh yeah, he's the neighbor in or, the Drew Carey show. Yeah, or not Jim. Uh, Jim Varney. Sorry, when Jim Varney yeah. died, he took over. He took over yeah. the role from Jim Varney. Mm. Uh, oh yeah, Blake Clark's hilarious. Uh, he's Farmer Fran. I don't know if you guys watch Waterboy because it's a football movie, uh, American yeah. football. But uh, he's he also plays a he plays a a backwoods. It's in Louisiana and it's in like the Bayou, and uh, so it's all like themed to Bayou Louisiana. And he plays a backwoodsman that is basically like Gabby, where he doesn't speak a lick of like understandable English the entire movie, and it's really funny. But it's Blake oh. Clark, and he's just in overalls with no undershirt. And he's, hey, I'm skinny out. He's just like, but it's that voice that Blake has. 
Okay, so you can do an unintelligible Bayou accent. Now we know what accent you can do. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I have to admit, um, Drew Barrymore, she's all right in that character. Yeah. Okay. Sean Ashton is the brother. Uh, yes. He was very funny. See, the, the only only serious movies we've um, Santa that I've watched and thoroughly enjoyed was the Hotel Transylvania ones. Yeah. Yeah, first ones. Uh, yeah. What about Rob Schneider as the uh, as the, I don't remember what his name is, but he's he's the Islander. He's the Islander with the long hair with the with the bad eye. Oh, he's it hilarious. Took me a second him. viewing to realize that was him. Yeah, he's that's with a, all he's the hilarious. Kids. Yeah, with all the kids, exactly. And that mm. was like one of the first movies he did with Adam. Where now, like he did like three movies after that, where his role in the movie was playing this really oddball off character. And like, if if you watch, uh, you don't mess with the Zohan. Uh, Adam Sandler, when he was a hairstylist, he was a Israeli anti-terrorist operative that uh, faked his own death to become a hairstylist in New York City. Uh, it's quite funny. And Rob Schneider plays a. Yeah, I think I think yeah. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Rob Rob Schneider plays a, a Middle Eastern terrorist. <laughs> okay. See, here's another one I've never found funny, but I do like his character in Fifty First Dates. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you guys probably didn't like Grown Ups then either. Never seen it. Or he never no. saw it. Yeah, because it, it's you an know, ensemble you know I've of never all seen those it. guys. So if I haven't seen it, he wouldn't have I seen know, it. I know. Because it's an ensemble cast of like a lot of those old SNL guys. So, you know, you have to right. like and so David Spade, See, that Chris wasn't, Rock. It wasn't really a, well, it wasn't a show that we got. No, from, yeah. But... We've talked about SNL. SNL. Yeah, you guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah no, no. We've, we've talked about it on air and off yeah. air. But you know what? Yeah. You know what we're here to really talk about. It's not Saturday Night Live. No, it's not Chris Farley. It's not any of these guys. It's racial slurs. There you go. Racial slurs. <laughs> All right. So from my point of view, so yes, your favorite racial slur. <laughs> my favorite racial. I actually had another favorite part of this movie. The problem is, is we got into so many other things that I completely forgot what it was. So we'll move on. Well, Rich, what about you? Your favorite part. <laughs> no, well, what? Let's do your favorite part first. We can always come back. To... He said he can't remember. Oh. No, I liked the well, Lily yeah. von Stoop scene with her, with the with the Germans gathered around, just in the middle of that fight. I just thought it was very well placed as far as a little comedic bit inside this inside this fight. That's why it's, I liked it because it it just it kind of changes the tone and then it goes right back into it and then that's when we get kicked over to the Warner Brothers studio. It's, it's a so continuation I, that everybody is making use of their talents to defeat the enemy. Yes, yeah, because she's not she's not fighting him, so she's just but she took him out of the fight, right? Yes. So she probably took more people out of that fight than any other single person did. So really, oh, realistically. One bit, one bit I do like, uh, these days I tend to watch the background more mm -hmm. than what's happening in front. Sure. And when they're in the, um, they've broken through. For the French mistake. Yes. And there's all the big fight going oh, yeah. on and yep. stuff's happening, you know, right in front. But in the background, there's Mongo. He's holding someone up above himself and carrying them across the back and out of camera. And I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, that's Mongo. The little, the little part in the commissary where they're like, so, so how long do we have you for, Joey? He's like, oh, you oh, lose yeah, me yeah, right yeah. after the bunker scene. Yeah, and Joey is Hitler. <laughs> Just like little, yeah, little things like that. And then Slim Pickens goes down the food line, and then the woman starts adding up his total, all the food that's all over him. Oh, what about the tour guide? <laughs> the tour guide. Yeah. And then they all come out and they cut and then they all come out covered in food. We didn't get that when we did the Warner Brothers tour. No, no, they don't do it anymore. Oh, it's disappointing. Well, yeah, too many people were suing. I was looking forward to the great high five. 
the great get your pies for the great pie fight. Uh, good placement. Good best, placement. It's not the best pie fight. No, no, no. that does go to Big Edwards' the great, great race. race. Yes. Yeah. Even I know that one. Yeah. See? He's, we do have you say you know it, but I can tell from your look you don't. Yeah, that's another one of my top movies, the great race. No, I know it. It's but it's one of those things where I don't know it well enough to to talk about it. Right, we'll have to watch it one day. One day. One day. One day. Hey, yes. <laughs> Once. <laughs> Once. Once. Rich, what about you? Favorite part? The French mistake. Um, probably when Bart rides into Rock Ridge to be sheriff and he has to fool them all by pretending to take himself hostage. Oh, that's a great sequence. And we talked about it when we were watching the movie. When you, from start to finish, so Pato, when you watch the background and you watch everybody slowly start to believe yes. what's happening and everybody believes it, okay, and then. Finally, up at the top, you have, uh, I think it's Howard Johnson, uh, mm -hmm. who's holding the gun to him. And then he goes, he's just crazy enough to do it. I love that. As he's starting to walk away, the uh, woman, she says something and, hush, Harriet, you're trying to get him killed? <laughs> yeah. Somebody please help that poor man. <laughs> that yeah, part, great. I do like it. Um, I, always, I always remember the first time I realized that Howard Johnson, um, it's David David Huddleston. I always I, I remember that I recognized him. I was watching it. I'm going. That's the that's the big Lebowski. Yes. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, huh? I, that's him, young. Okay. He was never young. <laughs> he was a great actor, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, I, I figured. I, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I figured out the oh, part. No, 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 no go. You, you go. No, no, go. Okay. Um. So the other part, I would have to say, it's um. I'm so I can't say it because of the language involved with the scene itself. Ah. <laughs> uh, well, the big uh, rides in the first time and Gabby's trying to tell them. Yes. And every time oh. he says that word, the church bell goes off. The church bell rings. Yes. And then when he rides in and the welcome sign rolls up suddenly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it though. When he gets up to the stage, he says, excuse me while I whip this out and everyone panics a woman faints yep. and he pulls out a piece of you know the rolled up paper and they're like yeah. oh <laughs> uh um, yeah so the so two of them now because we, we just as we're opening up this can of worms was okay, uh sorry I'll just do my, my last yeah, yeah go ahead it's when Bart's walking down the street and he sees this little lady and he says good morning ma'am isn't it a wonderful day she turns and says up yours that word <laughs> yeah <laughs> well that's the thing and then it fades and then you have Jim trying to console him oh, and yeah. says and they're I, they're I, people of the land. They're simple, you know, morons. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then he because, starts dying laughing. And I love that because Cleveland Little, when they were rehearsing the scene, uh, Mel told um Gene, don't do the final part in rehearsals. The you know, morons. Oh, leave that okay. out. And when he does it, that's literally Cleveland Little's actual oh no you can see it's real you can see it's real last night you watch his face in his eyes his eyes dart when he starts to laugh he looks off camera off to one side and i reckon he's looking at mel brooks it's like i'm sure he's looking at mel it's like um when you watch the wolf of wall street and there's that great scene with matthew mcconaughey and he's seeing the thumb in his chest and all that and they do this wide shot and you can see leo looking off camera he's looking at bart scorsese like do I keep going? What do I do? <laughs> and I have to admit, those sort of moments, 
when you see those moments, they're great, they're funny. And then when you hear the, you learn the behind the scenes where the actor is really actually looking for instruction on the fly. But they keep going. It's even better. <laughs> yeah. I like, okay, so it when they, I like it when they keep stuff in that is obviously, you know, either pantomimed or, or in this case, an outtake that what well, should have been an outtake, but it was, you know, like Cleavon Little's reaction is it's so obvious that it's it's a real reaction and it's not yeah. acting but it fits so well and it's just it's actually refreshing to see you know because it's like a real reaction to a real joke it's not an actor you know yeah and it just mm. it adds a bit more in it and it makes you laugh too so yeah it, yeah it just adds to the whole mode. it lends to the authenticity i mean it really does mm. um but yeah, my other favorite was um, the first time we see Bart in his sheriff's outfit and you have the orchestra band, the big band. Oh, the Count Basie band. The yes. Count Basie band. And, you know, gives him a high five and you got that music playing and you're just like, that's such a great out of place. Just, but it's another fourth wall break, really, because, I mean, it obviously doesn't belong there. And, but they're, 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 it's different if, if Bart didn't acknowledge the Count Basie band. If he was yes. just riding by and you had the band playing, but the fact that he rode up to them, gave him a high five, and then and then rode off, like he's like, "Oh so yeah, this is cool." cool. Yeah, the style yeah. behind it, because yeah, what he's got Gucci. Yeah, it's a Gucci yeah, saddlebag. The, saddle the really good outfit. He looks he looks good. To me, it's very much like just thinking about it, as we've been talking about it. Django Unchained. There is a lot of blazing saddles. So, for example, there's a scene where they're riding off to can they're riding to Candyland. So Leonardo DiCaprio's place mm -hmm. and the music playing is this rap hip-hop song yes now i don't think if i think that's really kind of another nod to blazing saddles because you've got a similar scene riding into the town and there's a big swinging band playing instead okay. of your classical western music mm, sure so then cut to when django came out and you've got you know hip-hop and all that and yeah tarantino plays with music in very weird interesting ways blah 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 but yeah. honestly there's a lot in that movie when you start thinking about it. It's Blazing Saddles just done for serious. Yeah. You're the author. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. Hey, when it comes to speaking, I don't need to be on point. When it comes to the writing, I have to. You've got that down fairly well. Thank you. Yeah. Oh. Hey. Uh, uh, Rich, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, re, um, I'll record that so you have it on tape that he said you're, <laughs> you've done writing fairly well. So Thank you. I'm just, I'm just so... He's oh, acknowledged. Right, anyway. No, you've already said it. It's going to be on the internet forever. Ever. Ever. Uh, so my favorite racial slur, let me think. Uh, <laughs> from this movie, let's say favorite racial slur. Oh, from this from movie. Blazing Saddles. Uh, okay, so it, 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 so it actually, <laughs> it's actually the, it's actually the period at the end of the sentence of the up yours N word scene. It, it so that was great, but it's also when she brings him the pie. Oh yes, <laughs> and she goes, "Now you'll do the good decency and not tell anyone that I've talked to you." But I love but it. I love it. There's there's that pause yeah. where she's gone away, he's pulled the shade down, and then she and comes back again, and she says it. Yes, yes. yeah. She's had okay. a thought. <laughs> yeah, that was again artfully done. Well done. Um, and because it's this sweet little old lady, it's just even like immense. It's three times funnier. Yes. Oh yeah. And it's, uh, I'm trying to find the actor. Okay, so it's Olsen Johnson, who is David Huddleston. And he's, and he goes, uh, when he's at, when they're asking for land at the end in order to agree for the, for the um, railroad workers. And he goes, for the, okay, yes, for the N word and the 
Chinese people. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I can't say C word because that's a different word. Um, so, uh, but, then, but he goes, but we don't want the Irish. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> okay. It's like the only white people there and you don't want them. All right. I get it. Okay. Weird, but sure. And most that's of you are descended from Irishmen, so sure. That's a, that's the part that's always made me giggle. Yes. You know, oh, and the whole we'll take everyone. <laughs> and the the first time we see Le Penemy, the whole harumph harumph banquet. Harumph. You know. Oh, yes. He didn't give me a harumph. Give him a harumph. Harumph. Watch it. Watch it. Yeah. Watch it. I, 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 you, Mine's you know defective. The... It's defective. <laughs> do you know where Le Penemy comes from? No. The name? No. Oh. You know, well, it. yeah, Le, this is good. Le Petamain was a French performer. He was actually a baker and he discovered um, he had the ability to take in air through his rectum <laughs> and expel it under control. He could blow out candles, play little musical wind instruments, which gives a whole new meaning to wind instrument. Um, he could, um, yes, it does uh, do all sorts of things in that regard. I'm going to change the mouth read um, on that one. He died in 1945, it, it was mm. around the 1900s, early 1900s. Okay, and um, his name so was, he was, he was playing instruments with his butt in the early 1900s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. wow. Oh, he was the ghost of the town. He, um, he performed at the Moulin Rouge, Moulin Rouge, yes. Uh, he died in his 80s, late 80s. Okay. Um, he to prove. That it wasn't performed with the assistance of a mechanical device. He had a little hole cut in his the back of his pants, <laughs> so they could see that it was actually him doing it. Yeah. And, and his stage name Le Petamain, mean basically means um, hot air. Oh, actually, it means well, um, um, fart maniac. Yeah, there you it's, go. Is a very loose transaction. Translation. translation. So the fact that the governor of the state is called Lepetamain. Yes. That, he, he's full of hot wind. Yeah, that tells you everything about Mel Brooks's thoughts when it comes to government. Yes. Yeah. Today's version of it is an English fellow called Mr. Methane. Okay. He actually has a little device where he can blow a dart out across the stage and burst a balloon. Huh. Yeah. But these aren't the first ones. The very first recorded um, flatulist is the name given to them, or um, Mr. Methane likes to call himself an anal vocalist. <laughs> was in the Middle Ages, and he was treated as a short court jester, but at such a high level that the ruler at the time actually gave him land and a castle. And all he had to do was one performance every year at Christmas. Damn. Yeah. Nice work if you can get it. Get it. So yeah. I've said for years, Rich, that you've been blowing out your ass for a long time. <laughs> You're going to make it eventually. If only just, just so everyone he knows, listened. This was not set up just to get that line. No, it wasn't. <laughs> I just thought of it there. If only he had listened. He could have. Yes. Yeah. So that's where uh, Le Petamain comes from. Uh, Mr. Methane still performs. He's in his 50s. Comes out to Australia regularly and performs out here. Jeez. Tell you about the Australian uh, sense of humor. Oh, we love it. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I, uh, circus, that's yeah. another one we like out in Australia. Yeah, uh, sense of humor out here has dwindled. So I'm, I'm hoping the the newer generation will uh, 
the good see, the good thing that's happening out here now with this kind of stuff is um the people that are having kids now are the people that grew up with the good sense of humor so like people my age you know people in their mid to late 30s you know they're the ones that are have the kids now that are growing up that if they just bring them up the way that they were brought up then a lot of this stuff will still live on yes. it's the next generation of parents that are the ones that are going to cause problems because they're the ones that have no sense of humor well so, yeah and was like i mean but they're the, also the ones that aren't having kids so who cares <laughs> yeah so yeah, yeah there's that that could be a good thing yeah it, it it's yeah like i'm 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 the fan of keep the world going so populate <laughs> you know but at the same yeah, time i'm like you know what maybe yeah. we need a break <laughs> it's like yeah, there's, there's a there's maybe a great, we need a break a well, there's, yeah. a, there's a great great movie from the early 2000s with liam neeson oliver platt and sandra bullock it's called um gunshy oh, and in it um oliver platt plays a, a mafia gangster um psycho guy and he's married to the Don's daughter, who's also a psycho. Oh, and, and, yeah. And anyway, there's a great line. And there are certain people you see in the world, you think this, this line does match. So he's talking to the Don of the family. So his wife's father. And he says, yes, because I want to do all this stuff. I want to make money so I can give you some grandchildren. And the Don looks him <laughs> dead in the eye and says, you want to have kids with my, my, my Gloria? Please. You know what that would be like? They scared the hell out of Adolf Hitler. Please do the world a favor. Have some mercy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I did that's say, great well, no yeah. i'm cleaning it up because we have to keep this a certain rating right but yeah oh, that's a, it's it, it but it's you know it's, it's that sort of line where you see some people you see them what they post on instagram and facebook you sit there and go it's a good thing you don't have kids yeah yeah oh yeah uh yeah, I don't even know what to add for that. But yeah, no, you're right. Oh, there's but nothing yeah. you can add, is there? No, there's nothing you can add. There's nothing you now can add. What you've just um, mentioned then has reminded me about the different classifications for Blazing Saddles depending on where it was released. Oh, it was R in the US, correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was M, so 15-year-olds could go and see it without an adult. Out here. Mm. But that's the thing, the... The, the rating, came out. Yeah, the rating board in the U.S. has always been like far stricter than out here. Mm. Yeah, so, so in the 70s, we would have had PG and R. Yeah. So PG oh. being, well, PG is, uh, uh, what is PG actually, technically? Well, that was parental guidance and it was. Yeah, um, see, we've got G for general, PG. It was probably under, under 17 with parental guidance. Yeah. Because there was no middle Robin, ground between R and PG, and then not um, until Temple, Temple of Doom, Doom they got yeah. PG thirteen, right? And Temple then you've got we've got PG and then M. Yep, and then we have MA fifteen plus. plus. Yeah, we don't have any of that. And then R was eighteen and yeah. above. And I always remembered but Kill Bill one. I wanted to see Kill Bill one, and I wasn't eighteen at the time. Yeah, because mm -hmm. it was R. Yeah, R for out here is eighteen plus. Yeah, and I wanted to see it. Because I'm, you know, a fan of Tarantino at the time. I wanted so, to see know, Showgirls and I couldn't because it was NC-17. <laughs> right. Well, see, we don't have NC-17. No, no. I think, we, yeah. I think uh, here it goes R and then it's X. <laughs> X, yeah. Then... Yeah. Yeah, that's, I'm, I'm sure that's what it, yeah, I'm sure that's what it would be. Was, which I don't get. I don't get because if it's R, you can't see it if you're under 18 anyways. So NC-17, <laughs> if you're 18, 
it, what does it matter? It's like. Ah, uh, but it's that thing. Where do you have a cutoff point? All right. So you're saying 18 versus 17, there's not a big difference. Okay. So now you make it 17. Well, no, just NC 17, it should just be R anyways. If you're worried it's an adult, yeah. ad, if you're worried it's it adult content. Well, I'm saying if it's adult content and R is your adult content with 18 and over, then a movie like Showgirls is for obviously an adult audience. So just make it R. It's 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 an adult Fair movie. Yes. So yeah, what does no what does NC seventeen anyway. solve? Yeah, that's right. They should have just made it. Yeah. So it's like that's why I'm sitting here going that that uh, rating doesn't make any sense anyways. So um, I, I don't know the, the, the rating the system behind in it the, anyways. Like the uh, the MPAA over there mm -hmm. in the US to me has never made sense. I'll. But it could be just one little yeah. moment or word or yeah, oh we talked about this. Or... I sent you the thing, right? The podcast where they uh you had um so you had Billy and you had Dominic from uh they were uh Mary and Pippin. So you had, Oh yes. Uh... Okay, so in the US with the PG thirteen, mm -hmm. you're allowed to have one F word in a movie. Good heavens. So the game becomes this. So Lord of the Rings, all three Lord of the Rings movies, they're PG thirteen. Where Wait. do you put the F word? That's right. So you had Marion and Pippin who have a podcast together called uh, the uh, the Friendship Onion, and the two of them are talking about this, and it's an uncensored podcast. So the two of them are going, "Hey, uh, so where do you put it?" And then the two of them start going back and forth with famous lines from the, from their own movie, throwing f bombs into all these famous lines, like, and they end with, "You shall not f and pass." It's like, mm -hmm. like they start going through all of these, and and and. Uh, yeah, this movie. I mean, what this movie would have been rated R, obviously. Yeah. So yeah, like you said, this was this was yeah. R. And I mean, it, it's one of those things. Like, okay, Empire Strikes Back. That's PG thirteen. Oh. In the US, where do you put the F word? Okay. It's just it's a fun game. Like you think about all these movies that are rated like that. You go, huh? I never thought it was rated that. But if think, you're allowed to have the F word, where? As an Australian, for me, the best spot in the um, Lord of the Rings. Is where Merry and Pippin are at the tower. The Trents have defeated the evil wizard. Oh, okay. So, yeah. And they're there, and is it Grimly? Gimli. Gimli, Gimli. comes along and says, Salted pork. Is this Isengard? Yeah, we got salted pork, so F you. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah. after the Battle of Isengard. Yeah, yeah the Battle of Isengard with Treebeard and, 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 and everybody. Um, and, and they're going, they're telling everyone what they found in the stores, and it's, um, yeah. okay, uh, Billy Boyd. The he's, salted uh, pork is particularly good. Yeah, he says that. Yes. <laughs> salted yes. pork. Yeah, we got salted pork. F you. <laughs> that's funny. Actually, yep, 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 that, that's the spot. That's what an Aussie would do. Yep. We've got this, you haven't, so. <laughs> It's called um, a little bit of Shaden Froden. Shaden. Shaden. No, Shaden. Shaden. Because like I'm drinking Chardonnay, it's Shaden. <laughs> You're aware of Shaden? I, I got nothing to add to that. So I'm just. <laughs> yeah, but you, 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 know, you do know what it is. It's the German word for somebody enjoying the misadventure or misfortune of someone else. That's Schadenfreude. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, the Germans. Germans have got words for everything that don't exist anywhere else. Oh, my favorite word, my favorite German word, I love it, is this. It's schnapsidi. Okay. Okay. Schnapsidi is the German word for when you have an idea while being drunk. And it's <laughs> Yeah, it's so it's a descriptive word. Yes. But but no other language in the world 
you know, you think about, oh, I had this idea when I was drunk. That's all you say in any other language. The Germans go, schnapp CD. <laughs> and it's probably capitalized because they capitalize everything. Oh, yes. Oh, it's got like four capital letters in it. Yeah, it's great. I have a couple of German translated books and I'm reading it going, there's a lot of capitalized words in this and I'm trying to remember what the hell I wrote. <laughs> I'm like, I think it's all like, it's all nouns. Like it's all like there's, it's a weird rule where it's like, it's, I don't know what it is, but it's, I got to look it up. I got to look at the translated and then I need to put it back to back with the actual book or I need to just throw it through Google translate what to I see do, what the when words I've are. Do, like when I'm writing, I have to do translations in a separate document. I, I'll actually, what I've written, I'll put it there. And then next to it, I'll put the translation so I can keep track that way. Oh, so it's called thinking ahead. Yeah. So do we know if, do we know if Schnitzelgruben is actually like the food or is it also innuendo and means something else? Well, if it wasn't before Blazing Saddles, it <laughs> yeah. definitely is now. It definitely is now. I know. Right. But uh, so we also like to talk about these movies from a, a writer's perspective, because there are, we, we've talked about a bunch of movies that have been subpar or at least parts of movies that have been subpar. Like we, we, we just did the Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, the trilogy, the, the Gore Verbinski trilogy. Uh, so the first three movies. And, uh, you know, we pretty much said the first movie was as good as it gets. I mean, it was it's such a classic movie. It's such a great adventure movie. And then the second and third movie had a lot of warts and how would we fix them as writers? Like what, what would we try to do to make the scenes that we didn't like better? Um, I, this is a movie where it's like, what do you, what do you do? What do you say? Is there anything in this movie, Pato specifically, is there anything in this movie where you're like, you know, after watching it, however many times, is there anything where you're like, man, if they only went this way with it, or if they did this different, because um, there's been movies where where me and your son have had like nothing to try and like fix. Yeah, there's certain movies where like, yeah, we wouldn't touch a thing, we wouldn't change a thing. Mm. Like Mummy okay. ninety nine, like we're just like, how can you get better than what we have? Mm. And if you did, it would change everything. So it's like, why why would you want to change anything? Look, oh, this sorry, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Schnitzel Gruber apparently made up word. It's yes. just a funny word Mel Brooks made up. Okay, just curious because that feels like something he would slide in there for you know, BS pur purposes. Like if it had completely yeah, sorry, I, I was looking it up while all sure. that was happening. So take it away, dad. Well, what were you talking about? Would you change anything about the movie? Look, there, throughout the years, there are scenes that I've come to like, not love, but like, when originally I thought, yeah, that was a waste of time. And why did they do that? But I think today, it's the sum of its parts. You change one thing and it does yeah. change what this movie is. Now, yeah. This movie is a legend sure. for so many reasons. It, it, it's broken every rule of movie making, whether it's from insulting races, whether it's showing that it is a movie, but yeah. pulls it back again. And the characters, even though it's shown to be a movie, they don't seem to realize that. Yeah, look at the whole movie theater it's sequence. Still going at the battle. Yeah, look. Well, look at and look at the fine the boss battle at the end, right? With with yeah. Cleavon 
and Harvey, you know, they're still enemies, even though they're they're in New York they're at this the, movie premiere, at, in California at this yeah, movie premiere. Yeah, they're at in Chinese theater. Yes. Yeah, they're at the Chinese yeah. theater in L.A. in Hollywood. So. Oh, and being the typical villain, I love it. He's wanted to try and get in as a student. Yeah, so funny. <laughs> Raisinets, Raisinets. And then there's the cows in the background, the cattle in yes. the movie theater, in, in the Chinese theater. Apparently, said that the company that makes Raisinets oh, yeah. would send him a huge quantity of those every year because of that. A gross, a gross, yes, yeah, because he because it's uh, he is product placement, yeah, yeah. The company has to pay for it, so the way he raises it pays Mel Brooks every year, they send him a gross of raisin, yeah, but I don't think he was actually looking for it, no, it no. just happened, they, yeah, you know, it was, it was good funny. advertising, it's what, it's what Harvey Corman said, he, you know, looking at what's what was there to buy, he just went with that. Can I ask you a question? Are they just chocolate covered raisins, yeah, yeah, yeah right, okay, yeah. Right. That's kind of disappointing. It is, isn't it? <laughs> I've always thought that's what it was. Yeah. You hear there'll be sultanas, chocolate covered sultanas. Yeah. 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 What about you? Um, oh, I wouldn't change a thing. Uh, no. I uh, see I'm not gonna be as eloquent as that. Actually, you know what? Let me say this. Ditto. <laughs> Ditto. And Ditto. I'm just quoting Taggart. Ah, <laughs> yes, you are. Yes. Words no, come, seriously, dirty uh, coming out of your mouth. Yeah, <laughs> but seriously, I wouldn't change a thing. Um, not to know. It is, it's what, but even back then, I mean, it's one of those movies like you know, Madeline Khan almost didn't get to be in the movie because she was doing Mame on Broadway. Mm. So without Madeline Khan as Lee Von Stupp, who do you get to play that role? I can't think of anyone from that period of time. Mm. No, this movie is so perfectly cast. The way it's written, you can't remove certain scenes because it won't make sense later on. Aaron Mel Brooks wanted her from the work she did in her first movie, uh, What's Up Doc? Yep. With Barbara Streisand. Yep, that's it. Um, that's the thing. This movie, it's... We say this a lot about certain movies. It is perfect for what it is. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think to, to even try to contemplate... like, Okay, with Men in Tights, with Dracula Dead and Loving It, with um, High Anxiety, I... I could say a lot about changing those movies, but there are a few Mel Brooks movies where you don't touch it at all. Blazing Saddles is one of those. So the humor in Blazing Saddles is not forced. No, it's Some so of Mel Brooks movies, there are scenes where the humor is really forced. High anxiety. Yes. Dracula dead and loving it. <laughs> yes. Um, well, like, and then even like the, the movie. The, yep. Yeah. I mean, even like, yeah, so, yeah. so, oh. I mean, everything, because it's a direct spoof, so like Spaceballs, that entire movie is based around forced humor. Because oh, that works. That's, ah, well, yeah. That's a different, that's a different of, style. Know, that, that's yeah. parody. Yeah, that's parody. Yeah, I said because yeah. it is a, a direct spoof, it's built on, <coughs> excuse me, it's built on that style of humor. So, and, and to hear everything we've got to say about Spaceballs, just go back and listen to our episode on yeah. Spaceballs. Please do. That I said, I think I like I'm Spaceballs. Not on that one. No, you know, you won't no, hear you, you, you won't hear the dulcet tones of my father for that episode. Um, <laughs> so, um, because I have an opinion of that movie. Oh, well, now's your chance. No, 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 no. That's another day. It's another day. I think I've heard that opinion already. Yeah. <laughs> why are you shaking your head yeah, and rolling you your rolling eyes? Your eyes. <laughs> Because I'm sure there was. If I if I if I roll it back, I'm sure there's some uh, audio. There might be some audio evidence of that. 
No, no, they weren't. No. Ah, I don't think. No. I don't think he was There's a lot of audio evidence yeah. on this recording. <laughs> no, no, he's he, he, he likes baseball. We, oh, I do like yeah, baseball. Yeah, he yeah. likes it. Yeah. Um, what about you, Matt? I'm I'm pretty sure I already know what you're going to say, but would you change anything to this movie? No, I mean, you know uh, no. There's really not. <laughs> Honestly, the there's 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 uh there's one actor that I wish was in this movie because he would have he w- he would have been perfect for this, and it's uh Pat Bertram. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved to hear that voice in this in this cast. Oh, somewhere. he could have been one of the uh, townsfolk. Oh, yeah, yeah, it could have been one of the townsfolk. He, shoot, he could have been Gabby. <laughs> I mean, he could have been. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just there, there's. I mean, th- that's nothing I would change. But it's just like there's there's certain actors yeah, of that era. <laughs> yeah, that's something I would add to it just because why not? I mean, you get that. <laughs> Yeah, boys. Yeah, Gabby is not one of those faces that you see in a lot of things. No. I think he's only in a, a thirty or so um, as an actor. You know, but people that played, uh, say, the Reverend, yeah, you know, he was a um, character performer in so many movies. Well, he's in Young Frankenstein. Yes, he's the little man who's getting um, tested on by him at the beginning. He, he's the judge in um, What's Up, Doc. Yeah, I've seen that movie once. Yeah, but I'm saying, as a, yeah. this is called Richard a callback. As I've already mentioned, that movie. Uh, his name is Jack Staddart, and he was also yes. in Rambo. He was in, He's First in Blood. Rambo. Yes. He was in First Blood. He was one of the cops, I think. His name is oh. Galt. Oh, okay. I've seen that movie a couple of times. I don't yeah. remember him. Like you're, you're talking about? Are you talking about the little the, the Reverend or Gabby? Gabby. Oh, I thought you were talking about. Oh no no no! no we're no, talking no, about the Reverend. Oh oh oh! I was still I was yeah, looking so, up I was looking up yeah. Gabby's or right. Jack Staddart's. Uh, filmography. Oh, okay. um, he directed Race with the Devil. He directed Run Angel Run. He he directed quite a few. Yeah, he's a uh, thirty-two credits as a director. Yes. So fair enough. Yeah. Cool. So I I didn't know he was that involved with uh, Hollywood on like the back end side. So that that's that's actually kind of cool. This was actually quite a bit of a different character for him. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you guys were talking about the uh, the Reverend. Yes. Yes. Trying to the heck. Oh, Liam Dunn. Yeah. Because he was in a few Mel Brooks movies yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. One of his go-to's. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, oh yeah, I, I remember I that. Young Frankenstein. Mm. Yep. 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 What's up, Doc? Um, he was in Papillon. Cool. So yeah, I mean, I don't know, uh, Rich. What about your your final question for us? Final question. Okay, Dad. Yes. In one word or less, preferably less, how would you sum up Blazing Saddles? Fun. <laughs> I look forward to my grandchildren watching it. <laughs> and I'm serious about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Two grandkids. There yeah, was uh, only three. Uh, the, 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 the world knows about them. I've mentioned them a couple of times. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and we've no, yeah. just come up and starting to like I said this me. is my this is my movie when uh specifically when I was working retail during covid and uh conversations to make you happy. Yeah, I I would tell people even like friends of mine that were, you know, it wasn't like a uh you know, f you go watch this. It, it was like I'd have friends and I'm like when's the last time you've watched Blazing Saddles and they'd be like why? I'm like go watch it. Like okay and i'm like how do you and then they'd like did you watch blazing saddles and they're like yeah i'm like how'd you how'd you feel he goes i felt good <laughs> just yep. like, yes because it's, it's 
it's, irri- a, it's irreverent. It's a feel-good but, movie. Yeah, just yeah, not in the way just, you expect yeah, it to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, no, just yeah. accept it for what it is. Can, um, Matt, can I ask you a question? Sure. In regards to the racial slur that is used yes. throughout that movie, yes. how is it um, that Blazing Saddles accepted in America today? Uh, I would probably say um, because of its age and because of like uh, the credits on who it's made by, um, it's it's accepted fairly well. But it's going to be one of those audiences that it's going to be people like me that grew up watching it. Uh, like if you were to show it to somebody that's like new, like if you were to show it to somebody like even if you showed it to somebody younger, I don't think they would care. But if you showed it to somebody older that had never seen it before, or I'm talking mm-hmm. older, like you know, in their thirties or maybe even forties that had never seen it before. They, it would probably be a turnoff for them because well, if like they had them. never seen blazing saddles and they probably just don't understand Mel Brooks. So, True. and they, and they didn't watch this style of comedy back then because we also love the other spoofs. You know, we are also big fans of like the hotshot spoofs of, you know, and uh, yeah. So all, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's like when you you see on YouTube, uh, YouTube or Instagram, you see these channels where it's like millennials watch Seinfeld for the first time and they hate it. Yeah, it's going to be that sort of thing where you get these people who kind of think they know how to fix the world, let's yeah. say, yeah. and they will watch Blazing Saddles and they'll just say, "This is what's wrong with the world," mm. and they'll then say, "You know, they they will not be able to believe that this movie got made and wasn't." And it's still popular and, and people like it, yeah. which is truly sad. It's free with a prime subscription. That's awesome. <laughs> like Amazon gives it away. Really? Yeah. Which, like I know, wanted, was, I wanted to watch it again. And I'm like, yeah, I wanted to watch After it again. That, and I'm like, where is it streaming? And it's included with your prime subscription. I'm like, sweet. <laughs> so oh, we, we still have, we still have it on DVD. DVD. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I no, but I just, I was like, yeah. cool. And, at that time, it was the second most successful movie in seventy when it came out. When it came out, yeah. only beaten yeah. by the Mash in nineteen seventy. Well, over here too, yeah. uh, it's it's that the actual release oh. did very well over here. The line I just thought of it. Um, a little trivia. Oh, when they're in um, uh, lined up, ready to get their badges, yes, and join. Um, the villain's force and the Mexican says badges. We don't need those stinking badges, which is from the 1948 movie. The treasure, treasure of Sierra Madre. We've uh, Humphrey Bogart. Yeah. Blazing Saddles is not the first to do a parody of that. The parrot first time was seven years prior. The monkeys in 1967 <laughs> in one of their series two episodes made use of that as a game. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, 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 what you're saying, Dad, is that Mel Brooks stole from the monkeys. Yes. <laughs> my mom was a my mom was a big a big monkey yes. fan. Big monkey. A couple fan. of years ago, we went and saw the monkeys. Uh, really? Richards, yeah, yeah, at uh, Dan in Sydney. It was, I, I, unfortunately, it was only um, yeah Nicky Dolans and Peter Talk. I believe that's his name. Yes. Yes, I wasn't there for it, so don't look at me. <laughs> yeah, because um, um. Um, one of them was dead. <laughs> he uh, had a that, hard time holding an instrument. Was that and, uh, Davey? Uh, yeah, Davey Jones. Davey Jones, yeah. Yes, and Michael Nesmith um, wasn't doing the tour with them at that time. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, it was a good show. I'll just say, you know, it was a good show. <laughs> now you're showing your age. Yes. It was only recently. You know, it'll be in the last few years. <laughs> that, that's, that, that's cool. That's actually a cool. That's cool. I didn't. I know used that. to watch Mickey Dolan's in his very first TV appearance. It was called Circus Boy back in the late fifties, early sixties, and early sixties. No, fifties. Make up your mind. Fifties. Yeah. Fifties. Because he's older than me. Fifties. We're sure. Mm. <laughs> just making sure. I'm just making sure. I, you know, I, I, you know, we anyway, only stop. I'm just um, going we off on tangent now. We only. It's an old we only. Oh, no, we do it all the time on our show. Oh, okay. Yeah. We only speak the truth. We only state the facts. And we go off on tangents. That's one of those things is true. So. One of us always tells the truth. And one of us always lies. So which one's got the uh, knocker in his nose? And which one has the knocker in his mouth? He's thinking. (laughs) What movie is that? I don't know. It's Labyrinth, Labyrinth. man. Come on. Mm-hmm. Oh, Labyrinth. Okay. Right. Come on. As far as, you know, David Bowie and puppet movies go, that's the best. Yes. Yeah. He was the best puppet of them all. David Bowie is the best puppet of them all? Yeah, in, in Labyrinth. Oh, yeah. I, I love it. I love it. You know, talking about, like, similar to that game of um, put, put the F-bomb in a uh, PG-13 movie, there's the one where, what movie would you remake with... A Muppet cast, but one human. Oh, man. Mm. The best one I heard was this, The Martian. You do everything from Matt Damon's point of view, keep it Matt Damon. And then when he gets back to Earth, it's all Muppets. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) jeez. It's almost demented at that point. But keeping on the theme of today's show. Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes. Charlton Heston's the only human. Is the human and the rest are Muppet apes. It would be so much worse. Blazing Saddles. Okay. Fozzie Bear as the Waco Kid. <laughs> the Waka Kid. Yes, Waka Waka. And you know what? You do Stadler and Waldorf as the Tedamane and, um, and oh, Slim uh, Pickens. Headley. Yeah. Headley. Oh, and Headley. Okay. That's Headley. Okay, so Matt. Your Muppet movie, where you your movie where you plays every, you know, you do one human rest of Muppets. I do like my idea for Planet of the Apes, but I could probably it's kind of half Muppets already, just because it's all costumes. Yeah. They do it properly. Uh, let's see. Is Schindler's List too bad? <laughs> so, so who's the Muppet? Like, who's the human? Who's, who's the one human? Yeah. <laughs> Ray Fine's character. Um. Yeah. Who's right. Muppet's going to be Hitler. Oh no, the Muppet's gonna no. The, Hitler's gonna be a Muppet for sure. Or what if what if Hitler's <laughs> the only human? Oh, <laughs> that's it. See, because he was a Muppet, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. The uh, the other one I I kind of like is Shawshank Beauty Redemption. No, no, Beauty and the Beast. Think about this, Beauty and the Beast. Everyone's a Muppet except the Beast. So he's a, the Beast is the only human. And then when he turns at the end of the movie, he turns into a, a Muppet. Muppet. <laughs> oh no. Yes, that's that's the way. And you know who you get to play the beast in his beast form, just as a normal human? Huh. Henry Cavill. Oh God! <laughs> and then he turns into a Muppet. That's, that's... yes. I thought you were oh say man, it, it reverses. That no, would it's got to be someone who's handsome as the beast. 
because then when he right. turns into a muppet, muppet it becomes like a <laughs> muppet. And then you you have to have you have to have a third party character in the background going, I wouldn't have fallen in love. It's like, like I would have just stayed handsome and handsome and brave instead of turning into that. And then and then she's gonna go, hmm. Uh, And end credits, he's out there kissing frogs again. No, it's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah, pretty much. This piggy has bell. And then when Dan, when 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 Henry Cavill turns into a muppet, he turns into Kermit the Frog. Mm. Mm. That way, throughout the whole movie, everyone's going, "Where's Kermit?" Yes, (laughs) that works. Just, just, just. Hey, that's like most of my stuff. It just works. I mean, yeah, I could keep going with the theme of the the movie. Well, the side theme of the movie, and I could go American History X. Uh, we could get just real nasty, and it'd be a Muppet movie. <laughs> no, just... no, 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 no. No, let. Okay, here's 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 the question. Okay, you do it do it to a Tarantino movie. Oh man, could you imagine like from Dust Till Dawn or something like Rodriguez Tarantino project? I got it. I got it. You do Inglorious Bastards. Christoph Waltz is the only human. Oh jeez. Yeah, it has to be the villain. The villain has yeah. like the villain's yeah, got to be human. And, and whereas Christoph Waltz is the villain, you got to keep that. Yeah. The hateful eight. Gonzo for Walton Goggins' character. <laughs> <laughs> My gosh. Yeah. You can see it, can't yes. you? Yes. I, I can just see Gonzo in any Walton Goggins character, really. <laughs> what does that say about Walter Goggins? One of my favorite performers. I, I really like Walter Goggins. Yeah. So, yes, that is Blazing Saddles, uh, 1974 <laughs> classic. Uh, Got to get back on track in order to actually end the show, too. It's not just to continue the oh, show. Come on, we never end the show well. We don't start no. it well. Why would we end it well? At least, yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I kind of, I always poke fun at our, our openings, but the, the endings are much worse. They're so much worse. Yes, like, are. I always forget to tell, you know, I, I keep telling myself I'm going to, at the beginning, say, like and subscribe to the show. I always wait until we're at the end of the show to do it. And I'm going, I hope people are still listening at this point to get reminded to like and subscribe to the show because it doesn't really do anything. I should do it at the beginning. I always forget, though. I need to have, like, a little note, but... But yes, like and subscribe to the show. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash Armchair Directors Podcast. And uh, Mr. Patton, Pato, thank you so much for coming on and hanging out with us to talk Blazing Saddles. I really do appreciate it. a lot of fun. No, it has been fun. And honestly... is going to want me to come back. No, 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 no. No, honestly, I was actually really excited because I, I the, the age of this movie makes it obviously hard for Rich and I to be like, oh, yeah, we saw it in theaters. But, you know, actually having <laughs> you no, just having you on having you on to talk about your experience actually seeing it is kind of cool because, you know, yes, it came out in a different time. Uh, yeah. People, yeah. Um, you know, whether whether you either liked it for what it is or whether you objected for what was in it. Sure. The objections were different to what it might be today. Yeah, yeah, it 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 is. Yeah, because the, the objections now are just the we'll call it the vulgar language and you know yes. the words being used. If but, I asked you a question, how many times that word is said in the movie? How many times would you say it is without looking it up? 
I'd say maybe maybe a dozen, maybe ten. Yeah, pretty close. Thirteen. Thirteen. Okay. It, gives an I was say, it, it, yeah. it, it feels a lot more. Yeah. But they, they, they the times they anything. use it, they, they actually use they use it multiple times in the same dialogue. Yes. And then they don't use it for a while, is what I've noticed. Yeah, a long time. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, and it's actually I think it's actually mostly the same characters. Oh yeah, it's usually yeah. Taggett or Lyle. Yeah, or it's usually the two cowboys. Yeah, yeah it's usually or, or, the two or, cowboys, or or you get the the old lady who says yeah. it once. But forget but the language. For and that little old lady sort of reminds me of my grandmother. <laughs> Tough, you said excluding rough. the language, right? Yeah. Okay. No, 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 not including that <laughs> language. No, I know. Um, tough um, um yeah kate. Uh, yeah kate mark and um yeah she took no prisoners i can see i can see uh i can see that especially at the time so yeah oh man yeah but cool thank you for like i said once again thank you for coming on well thank um, you for inviting and having me and putting up with me now get out okay get out uh don't let the door slam you in the ass no no it's gonna oh, slam let, you oh, it's yeah. gonna slam you yeah it's gonna slam yeah you. we're gonna give you the mum's rush here you ripper <laughs> thanks there he is and rich thanks as always for hanging out with me as well for another he says reluctantly <laughs> yes yes I, I i there's there's a there's a little of reluctance a touch not not a lot but a little okay you can do the show by yourself from now on <laughs> might just not do it at all then. <laughs> hey, 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 you're a one-time guest. <laughs> a one-time wonder. Oh, jeez. It's like uh, the O'Neaters. It's like the O'Neaters. Yes, that's right. He's, 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 yes, he's yes. an O'Neaterer. He's an O'Neaterer. O'Neaterer. The wonders. So thank you very much uh, to everyone listening. We will see you next time on Armchair Directors. Thanks for listening.